smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down. All right, let's wake and bake. You keep your crinkly volcano bag quiet there, sir. No joint today, huh? No, I'm just <laughs> I got what? Wait, what? I don't know if I can do the show with this thing, man. A, it's crinkly. I had my mute button on. And uh, B, it gets you high as fuck, man. We'll talk about this on what are we smoking today. Yeah, I got to get a little, not. I'm not bummed, but a little wakey-bakey here. I just packed a bowl of some, uh, what do I got here? I'll talk about it too and what we're smoking. Gelato Auto. Uh, I had to put my car in the shop, man. My car, my Land Cruiser, and the mechanic calls me and he's like, yeah, some a rodent, some type of rodent. Definitely liked your engine. Like, oh Jesus, you know, I'm the guy that doesn't doesn't like to. Uh, like, I don't want to deal with a big old rat in a rat trap, man. It's not my style. Um, so I got to figure out how to keep. Uh, they've Wait. done it twice now. It's either mice or rats, something like. I guess when it's winter and the, the the warm engine in the garage, right? And I like to snug snuggle up in there on that thing. And sometimes I don't drive it for maybe a week. But that's kind of rare, right. but. Yeah, damage. Dude. Damage has been done. We we had like food in the like goat food and stuff in the in, in the shed, and the warehouse Kyle comes over last year. He's like, "Yeah, we got rats in there." So you got your choice: do you poison them or do you use the traps? Because both are bad. You know, the poison you got poison that other animals can get to, and then you've got dead rats hanging around. But if you yeah. trap them, then you've got to deal with. Either a I, live rat or a squished dead rat, which is pretty gross see, too. Man. I got a suggestion for you guys. Well, where were you last? You, you were here. Where were your suggestions, uh, man? I, I didn't remember that happening. Um, you get a five-gallon bucket and you put enough water in the bottom, and then you make a like flippy lid with bait on it, so they just yeah, fall so in they the drown water themselves. Yeah. But but that one bucket though can catch like twenty mice in a single night. Yeah. As opposed to one trap. It's just good for the first mite mouse that comes by. We usually have rats for people too, man. I've seen rats eat a rat that was caught in a trap. I'm just gonna <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Interesting. Good Let's get into the show here. Yes, sir. Wake and bake, guys. Cannabis news, culture, and entertainment, and just some bullshit and well token, if you will. Uh, today's show rundown we're going to talk about what's up with your downtime man how do you achieve downtime in your life i think it's important and it's harder and harder these days with all the distractions going on around us so uh yeah let's get into a little bit of downtime well downtime uh, and, you're talking like that's not like depressing time right like when i just put no, on pink no. floyd the wall and go get a cake from the supermarket just for myself man down I, man just down all right it's gonna be good never cry. been a food uh like, like if I'm feeling bad or depressed, dude. I don't, food doesn't pick me up. Dude, I had this girlfriend back in the day and she would be like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to go get a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken and just have myself a good cry. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. I'm sorry. And she was like, yeah, there's something about whatever the fuck they put in that chicken. It just makes me cry. It feels great. It's very cathartic. And I was like, see, right. life hack, you just eat good food all the time and then you don't feel the need to eat when you're unhappy because you're already full. No, no, this is a hormonal thing, man. You know, it's just uh, every now and again, you catharsis, you just get it on out, you know, good bucket of chicken. In the news, in the news, how marijuana has influenced modern music, not only modern music, music throughout time. I mean, cannabis is definitely a good influence on music, in my opinion. I'm and sure like the cavemen. Me. The cavemen were like banging sticks and be like, dude, it sounds so much cooler on weed, doesn't it, man? <laughs> <laughs> and five myths about organic farming and food. Ooh, the conversation continues. You know what? I just was, I kind of listened back to that show and I was like, man, I didn't uh, represent myself too well. So I was like, man, maybe I'm wrong. You know, a lot of these things are about just, uh, having a discussion and then taking what you've learned and learn a little bit more about it. So I just, especially in the world of Google, it's fucking fun to ask Google shit. And then you just close the windows that don't agree with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. I'm interested. I'm excited to hear about the uh, five mess. Join the DGC guys. we got the DGC cup coming up. Shit, man. This is the, I think our first one was in 2015. Uh, though we missed two, didn't we miss two the past two years? I believe 20, 20 and 2021 yeah so this would be the sixth i think dgc cup guys january january why do i say that july july 30th saturday in colorado 
guys. We're going to be hanging out, having a great party. We got some party tents, Brandon. We got a great venue. All the information's at ddccup.com. 50 plus strains of cannabis to judge. So anybody can come on out, ddccup.com. When you join the DGC at dudegrows.com forward slash support, that's where you can get your 25% off deal, as well as just the benefits of supporting the show. We have a ton of them. If you're a grower, you get free seeds, you get discounts on recharge, grow dots. We have grower hookups every month, rain science grow bags this month. Uh, next month, we're hooking up a badass arrow mixer that Guru used. And then the month after that, because Rolling Stoner's got this shit all lined up, we're giving them a HLG Scorpion Diablo, I believe it is. Uh, so tons of benefits, guys. Plus, you're making the show happen. DDC Produces, if you're listening to the words coming out of my mouth, help produce the show. Please hit me up over on Patreon with messages about grower questions you've posted, news you'd like to hear on the show, subjects you'd like us to discuss, whether it's, uh, I don't know, just just help produce, man. I love going through those messages and building the show um, with you guys. Dugros.com forward slash support. Check it all out. And the happy hour. Lastly, new show every Friday, guys, 420 happy hour. Uh, JR Token uh, is hanging out on this happy hour. And then we repost them every Monday on Patreon if you missed the live show. Free seeds every show, too. So a lot going on, Scotty. Whoa, I got too happy the last 420 happy hour or when we did that 420. <laughs> uh, Rolling Stoner's like, hey, yeah, where's the, uh, I think Kyle was like, Warehouse Kyle's like, where's all the loving in our eye seeds you gave away? I was like, oh, yeah, I did. And then he's like, where's the, the raw genetics you gave away and i was like oh i gave those away too man <laughs> you know you don't have any good genetics yeah boo <laughs> gave away your stash boo hoo that's um you, you don't care about strains anyway no sweat so know, you got that 88 g13 man hey you got any northern lights man i'll smoke that big butt no i'm just kidding i draw the line of big butt all right um, I grew Big Bud one time, crossed with White Widow, and the buds got so big that almost, uh, no, about 25% of them got bud rot outside. Kind of a negative potential with uh, big buds. I cannot yeah. lie. Yeah. <laughs> so Oreos, let's see who's growing some dank out there. Oreos by Third Coast Genetics, and this is posted by Mr. Grow Dude, a.k.a. the Terpinator. Terpminator. Terpminator. Dude, look at this flower here. What's up, DDC? This is some Oreos by Third Coast Genetics. It's cookies and cream crossed with secret weapon. Ooh, <laughs> names. Wow. The names. Dude, frosty as shit, but I'm agree in the comments here. Um, from Sensi Mia says cookies and cream crosses are worth growing. I'm currently smoking on a strain called Bonkers, which is cookies and cream crossed with lemon tree. It's a great profile. Over, even though it's over-trimmed free-market bagweed, I'm still impressed with the lemon-cream combination. Although, I'm against naming strains, whatever the hell someone wants, that doesn't make sense. So, I mean, I agree. Some of these strain names, man, I, I guess it'd be a lot more boring if they were like pharmaceutical-type names. Or this is uh, 1BX. Check it out, dude. It's heady, man. Like, uh, it's only in our industry that we see these. No, you see, I'll do an analogy. Do you agree that we see it in uh, in the beer industry? When you're naming different types of beers and IPAs, they get pretty damn creative with names as well. Yeah, and some of them suck where you're like, I don't know what the hell this is. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, you have uh, to do a, a decent job of at least explaining what it is, a little bit of explaining what it is. Secret yeah, weapon and number when, three. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> strawberry cough, i don't know either kind of get it you know cherry and usually when people usually when people start to explain to me the crosses and things i just i don't tune out but like you i'm not that interested tell me like how right. it grows what it tastes like like I'm not as always interested in the lineage but that's what banner's for banner just recorded a, a get to know your breeder today yes yeah. he did with boneyard genetics nice nice stay tuned for that guys coming out soon all right Sorry, I was looking uh, at Cherry Paloma, get... I was thinking of, and I was thinking, what is Paloma? There's something like that. A grapefruit is something like Paloma. It's not Paloma. I Googled it. Paloma is dove. So it's a cherry dove, okay? So it's like Cherry Paloma is like a mix between cherry and, and a dove. Paloma's grapefruit. Paloma is? Yeah. It's dove here, man. I, I know that it's grapefruit. Paloma Speaking of that. Kind of pigeon, it says. Do you guys want to ask me what I'm smoking on? 
Ooh, yeah, well, I actually know what you're smoking on. I'm still baked from it. <laughs> this, uh, so I harvested probably eight days ago now, and I've had everything uh, hanging in the tent. I had a couple of like lower branches hanging outside of the tent in the lung room, so right. they dried out a little bit quicker. Um, trimmed them up yesterday, put them in a jar, and here it is. Actually, there's some cherry paloma. Nice. Cherry so it's still just a lower. Paloma. All the all the bigger colas still are probably going to hang. I'm. I'm Think I'm gonna harvest that and like actually start curing everything on Saturday. So. Yeah, we're are we supposed to do the big unveil? Ready? Guru's cherry Paloma. No. <laughs> oh, well. But nice dude. Uh, I I'm digging on that weed. It's uh very, very stony, which is what I was after. So yeah, so, well, I mean you have a <clears throat> probably a higher tolerance, as I assume. But you, you like concentrates as much or probably more than flour, right? I, I am pretty much uh, concentrates during the day and flour while I'm at home for the most part is where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. These days. Tolerance is pretty low. My, my tolerance is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. You can do a dab. I just and it I've seems had, to do okay for you. I can I can do multiple dabs and be good and functional. No, but what I mean is I, I don't see you like hitting the dab rig all day. You'll do a dab. You'll do uh, one or maybe two hits off this Dynavat. It's about one every 90 minutes. Yeah, while, man, while I'm away, like the, you know, <laughs> Or conservative, right? It's conservative. Yeah, bong rips when I'm at home are uh, more frequent than every 90 minutes, I would say. All right. Thank yeah. you for the update like on your, your partaking. You know what? what are you token on, Scott? Yeah, what are, how are you token? That's actually kind of funny because I do the opposite. I'll try to get really fucking high like two to three times a day. You know, let it wear off a little bit. No, I got a, the slow consistency. Yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. Well, that's why it's joints for me. Or I, I pulled out the volcano. I've been using the volcano most nights. I'm like, dude, I smoked a couple of joints today. I've never smoked. I've never been into smoking. It stinks up the room. You know, you'll come in after. I kind of feel bad. I'll smoke a joint. And I'll come in afterwards, and I stunk up the whole room for everybody working here, you know? So uh, a good way. It's not a bad smell, really. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're saying it's not as... Come in two hours later when everybody just, <laughs> just smoked a joint, and it just smells like stale smoke. I love the smell of weed. I absolutely love it. Uh, putting that volcano on, man, that thing smells good. It's just volatizing the terpenes off. It's freaking amazing. I have a volcano still, and it amazes even myself that I don't get it out that much. I mean, I think it's just sheer laziness with the process of it. Um, it's It takes and- a lot of weed, man. If you're going to use, that's why we were talking, what actually motivated me to turn it on and talk about it is Guru's been hitting this Dynavat. So this Dynavat well, takes just a little bit of weed. The fucking volcano takes a gram. Do you think it takes a gram to pack it? At, not, at least. Like, yeah. You don't have to pack it that heavy, but I agree. Here's like my my Dynavap, if you guys don't know. They're just like a little batty. So it definitely, it's a, this, this is a dry herb vaporizer you could use it with a torch or preferably their induction heaters on Dyna, D-Y-N-A-V-A-P.com. But yeah, I love, as far as the taste and the smell goes, um, I do agree with you. You don't taint out or stink up a room at all. It's almost like adding a nice air freshener when you're doing dry herb vaporization. It's so true. True. And you Man, can get much different taste profile off your off your weed. Now, what do you think about the buzz? I find a different buzz than smoking. I switch it up mm. a bit. And it, I mean, let's just talk about that. The difference between a concentrate buzz, a f- burning flower, because there's definitely a difference there, and then a dry herb vape. So different really, temperatures, right? Yeah, and the dry herb vape, it really depends on, uh, like the volcano, what temperature setting do you have it on? Because the lower, the lower that temperature setting is, uh, not just the THC that's going to vape off, but different uh, other cannabinoids and different terpenes right. will volatilize off just because they all have different boiling points. Um, so it really depends on how, if you just roast right. everything on there, all like turned up all the way, right. then it's nah, going it to be, like shit. it'll taste like shit, but it would be a similar buzz to smoking that weed because you're volatilizing ah. everything off of there. But if you're doing like the lower, lighter volatiles, then it's a different buzz. And then you can reuse that vaped weed to make edibles out of that will be super stony edibles because the only stuff left in there is the heavier volatiles that more generally are the like stonier uh, proteins right. and cannabinoids. So I don't know. It's kind of cool. 
I like dry herb vape because you can put anything in there, you know? Perlite, dog hair. They make me cough pretty bad and they taste like popcorn. But like other than that, I like them a lot. Really? It's like, like weed popcorn, not just straight <laughs> popcorn. popcorn. What, dry? Oh, super high? When you when you vape super high? When you vape at super high temperature, it totally yeah, tastes yeah, like to- popcorn. Totally man. tastes like popcorn. Which is what's wrong with that, you know? I like it because all, the, all well, the weed that falls out on the, the rolling tray that kind of sits there for a while. And the, just pack it up, consolidate it into a volcano bag. and Some type of, type of dry herb vape is something I always recommend for if you are growing and you trim your own weed. Uh, you can vape the trimmed weed and it will taste just as good. You might yep. have to put a little bit more in there, but yep. the trim will taste just as good through the dry vape as like actual flower will. It'll get you just as high. I mean, like so, sugar leaf? Yeah, like all your, all your sugar leaf trim and stuff like that. You can vape in the dry herb vape and still use it if you are like trying, right. to, make, trying to make what you have last and use everything that you uh, spend all that time to create. So I'm going to agree just short of just as good. I'm pretty sure you taste the difference between if you're just using sugar leaf. But I understand what you're saying. It's just volatizing the terpenes off. Yep. Yeah. Volatization. If you guys want to check it out, Dynavap, D-Y-N-A, Vap, V-A-P.com. Coupon code do to hook you up over there. Um, I am poking on the... Uh, Guru, me well, you want to go fill this bag up again. I'm listening. I promise, dude, with every word. <laughs> uh, token on a little auto, auto flower today. Shout out uh, DDC Connor. Stopped by here and dropped off some gelato auto. And I am not getting with some of my, I don't know, I can't really say just because it's auto. I'm not getting some of the same dank smell as like my orange gasm or my strawberry starburst from Irie. But definitely plenty of high here. Tastes great. Um, but Soup got me thinking the other day in the comments on Grow Talk when he's talking about, man, why, why do you want to grow autos indoors? I do like... The main purpose I see, which I'm going to do this summer, autos for outdoors in the sense that you have when you want to finish, like, dude, I want to be done at the end of August, not the end of September or mid-October. You can plan ahead for that with an auto finishing outdoors. Um, So I'm getting more into it and I'm talking shit because I know some of the listeners like, dude, you still haven't grown and harvested an auto, period. So stay tuned. Actually, next Grow Talk, we're going to be talking about autos um, and cloning autos. Blow in your mind, Scotty. Cloning autos. All right, Mr. Smoke them all. You have your bag filled. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I miss? Was dude popping his, his Walter White's yet? Is that what's happening? Uh, the, the one thing about the volcano bag is it does... When people that don't understand like cannabis use, it makes it looks interesting. I'm like, what the hell is that inflated uh, balloon in your hand? I know it, it like, will. Do you have scare a problem? People. It will scare. <laughs> and then people that don't smoke weed, you give them one hit of this, and uh, they're like, no, I'll never smoke weed again. I got so high. This thing does get fucking high, man. <laughs> I've definitely made someone think that they were tripping before from a volcano. Yeah. Off of weed that I grew, it was. I took it as a compliment. Yeah, I like when they go. They What's were. Happening? You can. Trip? I mean, I've like definitely like trip though. No, I mean, okay. No. Actually, you know what? I've been told that wait, it's not true. I've been told. I know that way too many edibles. You will legit trip. That's legit trip. Okay. Okay. <laughs> too much volcano. I don't know. I need to try that. No, you don't. It's not good. All right. I see you have good comments today and your comment no. is from Banner. No, I don't have any good comments. I'm telling you, every now and again, like it's a, it's like a roller coaster. I'm like, yeah, let's check out the comments. It's great. And then some days as real Scotty, I'm like, nah, I'll just, <laughs> I don't need to know what everybody else thinks of me today. And Banner was talking about that. Super, uh, I'm so psyched for this. Banner is really into uh, the breeders and their stories and the strains. And it's just not my thing. I'm more into, I was up till 2.30 in the morning filling my uh, my real buckets, checking water levels and playing around with different fertilizers. That's That's my jam. So he's been doing the know your breeders lately. And you can tell. You can tell he's interested in it. The conversations go great. They're super interesting. If you're like that kind of stuff, I don't think he could do a better job. And so he's been getting all this love. And so one uh, one guy said, oh, I like Scotty. I miss Scotty. And that was the one that he was like, yeah, you see this one guy? And I was like, dude, there's... 
probably five, 10,000 people that, that watch that and listen to it. And the one person that says, out of the hundreds of people that say nice things, the one person that says something a little bit fucked up, that's the one you concentrate on and fixate on. So I had to have a conversation with him about it, man. I was like, Banner, just take everything with a grain of salt. You know, I always, oh, you know what I said to him? I go, dude, you're at a party and there's five, seven, 10,000 people there. How the fuck are you gonna think everyone's gonna like you? (laughs) I agree with that for sure. And when you've been doing, uh, you know, shows for years and years, thirteen hundred and forty episodes to be precise, sometimes I'm sure there's portions of episodes that we put out that were just like deserving of some, you know, what the what the f is up with these dudes? They're they're not so smart. I call it fuck you in the radio, man. You know. It's I equate that to like my buddy said the other day, man, you, he is telling me about a horrible experience he had just service wise food, everything at a restaurant, you know, the fish wasn't done. They just put the whole plate in the microwave to try and heat it up and shit like drinks weren't served. People like oh, just overall bad experience. And he's like, but you know what? He's like, I went back about a year and a half later because, you know, you, it's hard to you shouldn't write off a place or even I'm saying a show or anything on one experience typically. Uh, depending on what it is, because things can always change. And yeah, keep thing, consuming content itself. I've seen some content creators are like, that sucked. So, you know, like, you know, even remember seeing some Rogan shit where it's like, dude, you don't sound so good there, man. So anyway, that's what I'm getting at, man. You have if, the you're ability that, if you're digging what I'm saying. I am. And you have the ability to, the ability to create your own reality, though. Hi C is actually sitting next to me. And I am going to say, I, I read this post. He's a pretty good Facebooker, okay? He writes this post. We bought a nice Apple computer. And instead of buying it direct from Apple, he wanted to support Best Buy, make sure that they stay in business. So he gave his business there. Uh, waited a week, went to go pick up the computer, and they handed him a graphics card. And he was like, this isn't a computer. And they go, oh, we made a mistake. Come on back in another week and we'll have your computer. And now a lot of people will be pissed off. What's the natural reaction? What kind of bullshit is this? I waited a week. Why the hell did I even do business with you guys? You know, Uh, I see wrote a post that said, hey, man, I could bitch about that. Or I could think how fucking lucky I am to get this Apple computer. And so big, you know, first world problems. I got to wait another week to get the most amazing, powerful computer in the world. And I'm doing it so I can go work on these projects and I'm super stoked to be working on. So what the fuck am I going to bitch about? Or not, what am I going to bitch about? I can either choose to (laughs) bitch about this or choose to enjoy and appreciate that. So. It's good advice. And I'm laughing because I was when I was just traveling to Colorado and, you know, sitting on the plane and everybody in my row was uh, we're chit chatting me, some lady and a guy next to him. We talked a bit and um, we had seen a guy the stewardess came up and said, you know, I need you to buckle up. We're going to be getting ready to back away from the gate here. And he's like, we're not the guy replies to him. We're not we're not even moving yet. No, like, <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be a good one, man. Get he the just starts to get it. He just starts to get a tude with the guy and the, the steward, I guess. It was a, I guess you call the steward if it's a male. Him, him, good. he, air host. Uh, the air host was like, Look, you know, uh, you need to buckle up. I have to walk up all the way up to the front of the plane, and I don't know what's going on by the time I walk back here. And the guy was just like, Well, ah, fine. And I was remembering, Look, we're in a tube that's going to fly us. From Seattle to Denver yep. in a couple hours, man. Like, what are we going to do? Are you going to drive there? And, Scotty, you're guilty. I've been sitting with you on a plane where it's just a little fired up for, for yeah. sitting out on the tarmac. Yeah. If I, got I think they might have even asked. When we, when, we, when we hung out for four hours on the tarmac, it was weird, man. I started wondering if uh, it, our plane was, was ended up being 40 minutes. They aborted us. And then we had to sit on there for like 40 minutes. And I caught myself being like, man, what the, what the, what are they doing? What is this shit? And then you Dude, think about how many moving four parts hours, are in hours. Hang on. After four hours, you're like, holy <laughs> fuck, I'm starting to freak out. Like, do they have enough oxygen in here, man? <laughs> We're talking yeah. about SFO. That was bad. <laughs> yeah, they we did, did, they I didn't was have like, a gate for our plane to go to, so we just taxied around for like two and, and a half you, hours. You start wondering. So I, all I wanted to do was get to the Emerald Cup and smoke a ton of weed. And You start wondering. Are you eating pizza from Hey, what are, 
but what are my rights here, man? You know, am I stuck on this plane? <laughs> zero. None. You have Almost zero, zero rights, and it starts making you feel kind of fucked up and helpless. The only yeah. rights are to freak out a little bit and then get arrested. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know. If, and then, know, like, by the way, no yeah, fly list. I am, the no fly list scares the shit out of me. But have you heard about these people getting duct taped to their seats? Like, it's a thing. I saw some man. news story that I passed up the headline. I thought it was clickbait. It's like airlines using duct. I'm like, what are they talking about? So it's real yeah, deal. You get out of line, they duct tape deal. you. I, sh- I don't know. Is there some kind of footage? It's just insane, man. Crazy stuff. Uh, all right. Be patient out there, people. Be patient out there. And uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll end that with, I said, you always give places a second chance, but if you got food poisoning at a restaurant and you got really sick, doesn't <laughs> your body and brain kind of just force you to like, would you go back? You like Jack's Fish House, Fort Collins. You love the place. What if you got food poisoning from them? Would you just be like, ah, nah, it's, it's going to happen. Man. No, it's not going to happen. I don't think about my seafood place. That's why I go to a good fucking seafood place. So I don't walk in and go, <laughs> well, it's going to happen sometime. Maybe this will be the time. You know? Yeah, I'm throwing it out there. Jack's, sea- Jack's Fish House, I don't think that's really an issue they deal with. They get that shit flown in fresh like every single day. That's like we're in the middle of the country, far away as you possibly could be from any ocean. So that's like our ridiculous. We we'll talk about fossil fuel or or what do they call it? Carbon, Seriously, carbon positive. Yeah, foods. it's it's factored into the price for sure. <laughs> but it's just crazy. So me and Guru, anytime we make bets, we always bet on a Jack's seafood meal. Have we ever gone? We went once, right? We've been twice. Twice yeah, have we? Yeah. I have lost every bet at this point. I don't think you'll get me to bet another one. I did yesterday. That's I did another like example. <laughs> another example. That's because I wanted to go and eat. Yes, sir. Of trying to be patient. We're like, damn it, I know we're in Colorado. There's no ocean within hundreds and th- whatever miles, but where is my, like, this fish? Just yeah. start getting all fired but, up. But also, there's organic avocados, though, okay? I want to throw it out there, though, that, like, I'm an, I like oysters a lot. And, like, if you're into good oysters, I don't give a fuck what beach you're at. Like, those oysters are still getting flown in from, like, Seattle or from, like, the Bay of Japan. Right. Or, Buddy, so, like, I live, in, I live in Vancouver, man. Come on, man. I can get some right now, right down the way. Which well, one? Yeah. They're not flown you, in. You're right there by the by the Seattle Sound or <laughs> Queen Victoria Sound, whatever it is. Yeah. I like Apalachicola oysters. It's the Strait of Georgia, I believe. I'm looking at the map here out there in the Salish Sea, the area between um, Vancouver and Vancouver Island. I'm learning. I put a map up. When you move somewhere, you should put a map up so you can learn. Like you're in general conversation, I realize. And I'm like, people are like, oh, yeah, over here, over. I'm like, I don't know where any of this shit is. I did that for Colorado and I have this map up and I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is just squares. And I realized (laughs) the whole thing, Colorado's a square. And then they just took like a ruler and just made squares. And those are the counties, man. So pretty uncreative. Well, Let's get into what's growing on with uh, downtime, man. I was listening to some, I forgot the show up here on, I think it's called CBC Radio, so I can't give credit to the person being interviewed, but she was explaining, had an analogy with nature, deciduous trees, trees that lose their leaves in fall. You know, they go into, I don't know if I call it tree hibernation. That's probably not a very uh, uh, horticultural term. Not horticultural, but accurate. So then that is planned. They know this is coming. They do the same thing every year. They're going to, you know, show their fall colors, lose their leaves and chill out. And hey. she's like, peep. Yeah. Oh, so I was just going to say, guru, you know, our neighbor, the mountain man neighbor over there mm-hmm. that we're not sure if he has electricity or not, man. He, and he does, but he don't give a shit whether he does or not. I think he's used to, he's like 80 something years old going into like kind of hibernation for the winter. You know, where he gets his food stored up for him. I think he's a lot of tuna fish, which is kind of weird. But um, he stocks up his firewood. He's out there right now chopping firewood or was at least a a couple days ago, uh, like stockpiling his wood. And then he's going to hang out inside that little tiny cabin, burn that wood stove and eat, you know, stockpile tuna fish, man. But back in the day, you'd have your root cellar, but you wouldn't be actively gardening, which is something that people do in their in in their downtime or in their, you know, their extra time or you know, so I don't know. Let me finish my, my yes, analogy here. Yes, so sir. the author was mentioning, or the, the person being interviewed, you know, people should plan that as well. It's, it's good to plan some nice downtime. Otherwise, and I know it can be a luxury, right? Some people are like, shit, I'd love some downtime, but I got this hustle. I got the, the I got these bills, the mortgage, shit. There's no downtime at all. And I get that it can be a luxury. 
but taking the time to plan it before you can reach a point where you freaking break, right? Where you're like, man, I wish if you would have planned a little bit for some downtime before you reach the shit, man, if I don't stop doing this for a minute, I'm going crazy point. You know what I right. mean? So that's kind yeah, of what I like. And we done... see it in nature across the board, don't we? I mean, every like reptiles, I think like fish, every, it seems like everything in nature, my lawn all has this cycle of like chilling out. Um, and we don't really. And then I was bringing this conversation because especially in today's world, distractions are everywhere. Mainly I say screens, um, but the, which is still funny when you just see like the line at the uh, uh, at anywhere, the line at anywhere, I'll say. I'm looking at four screens right now, man. All right. I'm still having <laughs> a conversation with you, man. All right. <laughs> No, the, yes, that part of it is cool. But uh, Dude, I don't do you fuck, do anything? I, do you I have, have a, do I have seven <laughs> screens in front of me right now? Yes. And you know <laughs> what? It's what we're doing is we get to hang out with our friend with those screens and then uh hang out and, and send messaging messaging, but get to communicate with the DGC with these screens. So I am I, I don't know. I've had it up to here with your screen bashing, dude. It's <laughs> Make like coin a new phrase here, man. Sometimes we just think yeah, it's fun to watch the world, watch what's going on around you, and then I debate. Um, the fuck you, you gonna know, do in that nature- if you don't have screens, man. What am I gonna look out for? Okay, well, could I bet you if I ask Guru his downtime, which it can be whatever you want, whatever fulfills you, right? Would probably be he'd say gaming, no? Uh, yeah, fishing. Um, uh, fishing is good. Fly, a, yeah, fly fishing, that's nice. Fly fishing in Zelda. Fish. Fishing in literally, Zelda. actually, no, not just fly fishing. <laughs> any type of fishing, I'm down for. I always say that, like, if I'm doing it for fun, I'm fly fishing. If I'm doing it, in my life depends on it. Give me a fucking spin rod and a gold castmaster, and I'll be all right. <laughs> I like that. That's all the futures. Is going to become Scotty? I was like, dude, I did this badass hike yesterday. Um, with my VR goggles, I was like, it was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. What about man. you? I uh, used the downtime app in my Facebook Meta VR glasses. Thank you. Very <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> your downtime, I'm a, I'm going to guess, would say when you're in your garden, maybe that's your distraction. Because I, I think your downtime has to be a mandatory distraction from all other shit, including kind of like your phone. If you have it on and people can get a hold of you, that's fucking up your downtime. Yeah, I don't. I was talking to Guru this morning. We were both working on stuff, and you could like hear the silence in the room. And it was like one of the first times I'd heard that in so long because I've always got some things going through my head constantly voices, you know, not creepy voices, but hey, let's go work on the real bucket system. Hey, did you drill those holes enough? I wonder if you could do it this way. Why didn't you uh, get the dog hair off you before you made that video? I've always got stuff going in my head, you know? So, so uh, downtime a lot of times for me is uh, working on the things I love, you know, going and working on the greenhouse and figuring out how I'm going to, you know, if I want to put these heads between the pallets or in the middle of the pallets, you know, or uh, yeah, building something and dreaming about it and ordering the parts on Amazon. I got my, oh, I'm going to put valves in my system and make it so I don't. This, none of this sounds drop, like downtime. You know? <laughs> it's like creating stuff. It's stuff that I get to do in my head to, you know, build things. And it just, don't some people have downtime of building a model train dealio or whatever? I no, think or, that, like, I have a buddy that meditates. I have never really gotten into it. I should. I think meditation can definitely be pretty powerful, when, especially when you're trying to achieve something, maybe. See, um, I just go and download med- meditation apps, man, but I don't really... for me i think the reason i mean it's i would say my downtime is two things one well mountain biking and i say that because that i think i part of the reason i really like it is because you're disconnected from everything else i definitely always turn you know turn my phone off if i have it with me um you're constantly you can't just you're constantly just having to pay a little bit of attention to your surroundings you're not usually thinking about much else i think that would be my brain's down what's up how is that different than what I do when I'm sitting there sitting on a five gallon bucket, you know, thinking of where I want to drill holes or where I want to put, you know, how long I want to cut hoses and all that stuff. And it's kind of the same thing. We're, we're both thinking of these little intricacies of something we're really interested in, you know? So downtime yeah. doesn't mean, I mean, I could say downtime is I'll definitely take a whole joint, sit out there and just, I was watching, there was a deer hiding today. I could see this deer hiding. And then I saw these two squirrels fighting over what looked like to be a cotton ball, which I felt kind of <laughs> shitty about, man. 
<laughs> but you know, it's just kind of that was downtime, you know, just staring in the space. But can't do that. And now, and then what creeped in? Oh man, those greenhouse! I got to go get those uh, those uh, heads in, those pressure heads in. Man, I should do that tonight. I'm gonna go take a look at them, man. You know, let's see. I typically, yeah, my brain does work like that. It does. It it goes, goes, goes. What can you do? There's always something to do, especially when you know you're self-employed. I'm self-employed in your office and everything you do. You're surrounded by. You could always get something done, and we like what we do, which makes you keep wanting to do shit. Since all the things exactly. you mentioned. So I guess I'll add one of my other downtimes. It sounds silly to some people. For me, having a few beers is what starts to shut all that off and help me go into more of a relaxation mode. So I do really like to have, I guess I'll say, my beer downtime. But I can't go into that mode unless a lot of other shit's done. So it's not like there has to be, you know, the exercise is done. Are you satisfied with your workday today? Is everything going, you know, is a fam set for right now? Okay, let's sit down and have a couple of pints and have some downtime. But does exercise count as downtime? Because I've been lately, I got... Uh, Probably not. I, I don't love know. going. I've been getting my heart rate up and I got this like exercise bike that really challenges you. Dude makes fun of me because I... Have you been on a real trail since I left Colorado? Come on. Listen, you only left a few days ago, right? I've been on that exercise bike. You can build a show on the exercise bike. It's great. But that as far as like recharging my batteries and making me feel amazing is so much more powerful than a a nap or a half hour in a hot tub or whatever the fuck you, you would do to recharge your batteries. You know, it is amazing. So I know that's not downtime, though. Hot tub, the tub sounds pretty. I forgot about the tub option. My wife and both my kids like to take baths or tubs, if you will. Last time I made one, I just burnt the shit out. I made it way too hot. I got in there. I'm like, it'll be like a hot tub. I couldn't stay in there for more than a couple of minutes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I got, but yeah, out, man. I, I, I can agree with the exercise. Getting out of nature, though, to bring it back full circles, the, the author was making the analogy, you know, deciduous trees, forced downtime, planned out downtime. I think always learning from nature is good when you get out there and you look at how animals, I was going to say how animals behave. Maybe you don't want to watch exactly how some animals behave in nature and bring that back into society. You're going to get it. It helps. It helps you get it, man. (laughs) You know, so it is to be human. Uh, Do you consider though, like nature, when I think of nature, I think of going out on a hike in the forest, but we're part of nature, Right. So barely anymore, man. Is New York City or big cities or cities? That's still nature, right? It's just a different kind of nature. That's so not nature that if you and the most expensive real estate in New York is overlooking the one park that they have. (laughs) I don't call Washington Square a park, so. No, they have this central park, and they're like, "Oh my God, you can see trees from uh, you know, from my building." (laughs) It makes it like you want to you want to know something crazy that they don't want you to realize. It's all nature. Yeah, don't. Yes, I get it. Concrete is nature because we're like these. we are nature. We are part of nature too, so, and we're not. And we're not necessarily the best thing for it either. It's the moldy peach analogy, man. The concrete is the mold, and it's just molding that peach up, buddy. <laughs> um, I don't get sometimes when they this. I mean, they say we're overpopulating the world, but like. Like when I drove from Denver to Vancouver, British Columbia, when I moved, I didn't see much. Like I'm like, there's yes. a lot of room between Dude, here and you there. You have to have things, just like you have to have. I could fit more plants in my room, right? I could fit plants on the walls and the ceiling, but they're not going to get enough. They're going to either squeeze each other out or they're going to compete yeah. for resources. So yes, it's great that there's enough empty land. Man, you better have an. Isn't there was a make like mead is going dry recently? Like it all relies on water. It all relies on being able to provide. Well, food. who who's building a damn city? I mean, that's why we build cities in the desert. That's why Las Vegas blows my mind. Like Las Vegas is going to run out of water. Really, I'm not surprised. It's like it's just. But that I mean, my point is, it's to get water and food to you know to 10 billion people is a lot more challenging. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Good conversation. Before we get into the news, the pros list. You guys are shopping for your grows. Do grows.com forward slash pros. We'll hook you up. All the coupon codes, as the before mentioned, DynaVap uh, are there. There's actually Hanover Hemp. I got to hear what's going on in Virginia with uh, the hemp uh, shit they're trying yeah, to pass. Yeah, right. So we got to keep an eye on that. 
Give us a fall prohibition of Virginia report, DDC, because Hanover Hemp's out there. They're on the pros list with some fine CBD products. Yeah, and I will say, hang on. How, yeah, Hanover Hemp has been a supporter for a while, providing very cool CBD products at a time when there are a bunch of crap out there. So, yeah, I will give them the thumbs up and say, please do support our DGC pros. And Hanover Hemp's a good one. And they are DGC, by the way. Uh, let's get into the news here. Trends, how marijuana has influenced modern music. There's just some interesting um, facts and conversation in here uh, as far as cannabis use throughout music history. Let's see if my highlighted points stayed up here. We have in the news here, trends, how marijuana has influenced modern music. Um, so, I mean, obviously, dude, that just goes together hand in hand. That's why, what's that? It says, despite the negative connotations, marijuana has been a part of the creative process for many musical geniuses because of its function as a psychoacoustic enhancer. When you think of music, <laughs> I like that. music, do you ever think of cannabis having negative connotations with music? You know, negative aso- um, associations? No. I think I always think no. of it making, yeah, <laughs> being uh, you know, conducive to making great music. Yeah, that goes into the history here. As far as I said, weed can be first seen in popular music way back in the twenties, especially in jazz. Crazy jazz musicians. Yeah, a legendary trumpeter, Louis Armstrong, was a staunch aficionado of marijuana's soothing and creative properties, recording an instrumental track called "Muggles" in nineteen twenty-eight. What do you think his favorite uh, terpene profile was? You think he's like a great kind of candied guy, or is he more of a fuely, fuel kind of heavy guy? Oh, oh I did not like know Muggles. Weed and get high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know Muggles was a name um, slang term for weed. Have you ever heard of him? Yo, you got any Muggles, man? Let's Yo, man, that high. shit is so like <laughs> repopularized <no. laughs> by Harry Potter as people without magical powers. <sighs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to define these generations at some point in time, man. All right. I'm just, um, we know nothing of Harry Potter. Okay. Uh, then it goes on talking about, uh, you know, Bob Dylan, the Beatles, and then of course, Hang gangster on. rap in the eighties and nineties. What's up? Time out. The Beatles. Sean, you know a little bit about the Beatles. I was wearing, right? a, I was wearing a Beatles shirt yesterday. Yeah. So. That's what makes me ask, man. I know you don't get those without being a pro. So no, but seriously, the Beatles found weed, right? There was like between, I was it after like when sergeant peppers came out i want to that say that was that was when the beatles found weed found weed and, and acid L. yeah and it just got weed and, L and then colorful got weird. and weird and it just was awesome then I you end up with like yellow yellow submarine and, yeah, yeah. It was a, I, somebody i thought it was bob dylan got him high for the first time and i might be making that up but i thought i feel like something like that yeah what's the the movie with the guy from Step Brothers where he's like a musician, the, the, the scene where hard or I, yeah, the Dewey in, Cox in, story. In Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. I think it is Bob Dylan that shows up and gives the Beatles weed, and then the Beatles give Dewey Cox weed. Yeah, and I think L, that is the story. And then he just jumps on a trampoline for like a day. Yeah, when did the John <laughs> Lennon glasses come out? <clears throat> yeah, and then, so, and then that dude wrote that book that made that other guy kill him. That's so not cool, man. You see, that's how I know that you're a millennial because you joke it's around ca- about it's that. It's the catcher in the rye. Yeah. Nah, I was a kid when, when John Lennon was killed, and it sucked, man. Even my parents were kind of Oh, it was def- definitely uh, the CIA doing it to get rid of him to like <laughs> stop the the social dissent in the country while they're yeah. going to war with Vietnam. Also, like Marley, right? Metal on drug cartel. Yes. Um, yes. Just like that. So, back to the article. Uh, here from a couple <laughs> professors quickly. Yes. Uh, Jorg Fochner is a professor of music, health, and the and the brain at Angela Ruskin University in Cambridge, UK. Says, "Wait, what was his works name? Like a, what is a J O R G with a little George. O thing? Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm I'm going with yeah. Jorg. 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 I think it's Thor. Pronouncing it. I think yeah. I'm pronouncing it with my American English. I'm saying Jorg. It's Jorg Faulkner. Um, Wait, Rowdy Rowdy Rick's from Sweden. We can just ask him real fast. <laughs> so, marijuana works like a psychoactive. I love this phrase, <clears throat> psychoacoustic enhancer. That means you are more able to absorb 
and to focus on something and to have a bit of a broader spectrum. It doesn't change the music. It doesn't change the ear functioning. Obviously, it changes the way we perceive ear space in music. He's got a good use of words. Sounds dude. so true, yeah. though, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound? It really does sound true. You're like, wow. They, get, they got another cat with a good uh, explanation. Daniel J. Leviton, he's a music psychologist, uh, says THC, the active ingredient, is known to stimulate the brain's natural pleasure centers while also disrupting short term memory. The disruption of short term memory thrusts. Listeners into the moment of the music as it unfolds, unable to explicitly, explicitly, explicitly keep in mind what has just been played or to think ahead what might be played. People stoned on pot tend to hear music from note to note. Interesting perspective. Man, what do you um, think of when I you know, see music psychologist? What do you think of? Uh, hmm, I wonder I how much in student loans he still has to pay off. <laughs> a lot <laughs> that's what i think of when i see a title like that <laughs> i like it i like it um interesting stuff though i agree with you uh music definitely man nothing better than getting stoned up and jamming out some shit uh that's why i always have that's why i'm there you bitch at you guys i'm like where's the music man the bakery is quiet there's no music when you're when you're working music helps it's good for the environment yes uh some no that's why i stopped putting it on because for me i'll put on 90s grunge or whatever the fuck them crooked vulture station that's my new station but it's great for me i love it so one time i was playing stuff and guru turns to me and he goes this is like the worst music i've ever heard in my life something like that <laughs> like i cannot tolerate one more minute of this music and then i tried it's to like you, what you end up it's like what i say to my wife all right when you compromise nobody gets what they want and meaning I would listen to I would listen to some kind of, you know, grunge or whatever, wooden ships or something like that. Guru would probably listen to bluegrass. Uh, Banner would listen to the dead, which is out immediately. You know, so it's just like nobody gets it. We end up putting on fucking elevator music, you know, it's agreeable. Even just the coffee shop station, just playing some light background shit. It tickles the brain, tickles the brain. That's my point. You know, is that does that anybody really want to hear like background shit? No. So anyway, um, let's hear about your five myths about organic farming and food. Yeah, just I, I was just listening. did the title pull you in? Such a good title there. Very good. <laughs> I was listening back to the show, uh, just checking a little quality control. And I was listening back to talking about oh, organics versus synthetics. You know, organics are definitely guru's point definitely way better for the earth and philosophically yes you know if you do true organics and then what my what my discussion point i was trying to bring up was there's a lot of bullshit organics out there and so i just did a tiny bit of research and yeah i found some some fairly interesting things guru you scroll through this one for me this was from the washington post just for post this is from a few years ago, and it just says, you know, even Guru Mean. I want to. I was going to say, I want to preface with, I agree with everything this article says. Yes, yes. As I said, I didn't. I wasn't expressing myself so well, but uh, this is even. We know this from dealing with Omri that when you have a USD or or USDA organic label, only ninety five percent of those inputs have to be organic. So uh, that leaves you know an ambiguous five percent. That you don't really know what's going on with. And then made with organic ingredients could be as little as 70. Yeah. So it's it, it, there's just a lot of really weird stuff that goes on with the certification. And then it also goes into like monocropping. If you're monocropping, monocropping or factory farming uh, and you're doing it organically, you might be using pesticides that are worse for the environment <clears throat> than some of these synthetic pesticides you know things like organophosphates that yeah. are liter literally based off of the same research that the military used to make like nerve, nerve gases, gases. yeah <laughs> they're like no, no no let's just target stuff in bugs it isn't in people but like yeah the at same least our shit synthetics they use to nerve gas people so yeah at least our synthetics are from bomb factories that they converted all right <laughs> It's true, man. The synthetic uh, fertilizer is the reason they have to, got all that on standby, and they make just tons of it. Food it's is got, food is directly tied into the or fertilizer specifically in food production into the military industrial. Yeah, they can turn those on for making uh, ammonium nitrate whenever they want. Well, I guess it already is, man. 
Got it. Got it. I'm just scrolling this article here. Getting to the five points, some of them are pretty, it's pretty broad statements. Like organic food is better for the environment. Well, that's That's not necessarily a myth. I mean, there are issues with it, but you know what I mean? Uh, Transporting such foods to your neighborhood groceries. Oh, it's it's a uh, bag of organic rice from China or organic apricots from Armenia. Transporting such products to your neighborhood grocery store creates a carbon footprint much bigger than transporting locally grown products. Now, of course, that is, but are they saying that makes sense? But locally grown synthetic food is that what they're saying? So, to me, uh, this whole like what food that you can buy for yourself is better for you and better for the environment. It's actually not about organics or synthetics mm-hmm. at all, or uh, it's much more about uh, the scale of things. Um, right. A small scale farm can take a lot better care of managing their soil and actually do those regenerative practices that aren't aren't possible on a large scale. And at the same time, without the large scale farming, there is not enough arable farmland to feed everyone on the world. So, like, that's a pretty big issue, too. It's a balance between the two. But for you personally, uh, shopping as local as you can for your produce and like the farm using 15% inorganic uh, uh, like inputs isn't of the utmost importance to me. Like this article is saying, the plant doesn't know the difference between the food that it's getting. Right. Um, so yeah, just shop, shop local, get as much local produce, know your farmers too, just like you like to know your weed growers so, and how, how they take care of everything. That's easier said food than Food is not, a lot. Man. I mean, we you, you say that. that, but like on, driving home on my way home from here through Fort Collins. I go past Fort two, Collins, man. two like local farms that I could. They have the best strawberries I've ever had. The one off a of horse tooth. They have eggs, all the other produce you could want. So like I know they they lucky. take really good care of stuff. I I am lucky, and there are food deserts all over the country. But that doesn't mean you can uh, give yourself a little oasis in the middle of that food desert in your own backyard. So. Grow your own food. That's the best food you can get. And then find some local farms around you. They're all over the place. Uh, if you just look for them, um, you you can definitely find them. Even in like Detroit, there's urban farms all over the place there now. So do me a favor. Click on the next one. It's the same thing. It's a different article. But just real quick on that. Check out the picture. Sisters or lovers? <laughs> No, uh, all right, fine. This is a pretty interesting that. one. <laughs> these are, uh, this is, who are these girls? This is Amy and Gail Hempworth of Hempworth Farms in Milton. And they just, uh, one of the things that it was, first off, they just thought same thing. Some, uh, they both use pesticides. Um, and this is what I thought was interesting. Or The myth is organic farming is vastly different than conventional farming. In the last 30 years, the organic movement's influence on agricultural practices helped increase food awareness in the middle conventional operations, meaning like they changed the, the way organic uh, production was having success, made conventional farmers open up their eyes to soil fertility. So there's a lot of conventional farmers that, although they're using, you know, very similar to what I do with grow dots and recharge, Although they're still using synthetic fertilizers, they're paying a lot more attention to soil fertility, microbes, adding soil or microbes. Mat- definitely, man. Matter back. There's so many people that are still, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is that are conventional farmers um, on many different scales that are, I don't want to say completely ignorant to microbes, but are hesitant, you know, to add it in. To, they need to be educated on how they can actually save money, how they can help the soil, you know, you said soil fertility. Um and then you just show, maybe you just show a video of what was it, the Great Dust Bowl? Was that what that event was called? Yeah, isn't that crazy? You can just look. When you drive along the highway, you can look and see, uh, you know, some soils are super just dusty and there, there's nothing to them. And then there's other, that's why they take all that, you know, at least around near me, they take all that stuff and they till it back into the soil. They take all the litter, I guess they call mm-hmm. it till it back into the soil and let it decompose and become organic matter and microbe food. And tell you, when I get soil tests at my nursery, it's I'm looking to build the SOM, the soil organic matter or material in, in that's what's going to build the soil. Right now I got sand. The more bamboo I chop down and let rot and, ba- and leaves I let rot, um, the more, uh, you know, the, I actually put muck in there. I'll get some muck sometimes and put it on there. But that's how you build the soil, add an organic material. You said build a soil, dude. 
Whoa, man. Interesting. Did you go with that name? <laughs> hey, I thought one, cool, one thing that I found in here that was interesting, they were talking about mm -hmm. organic food is more nutritious. And it was, they said something about, I guess I could actually read it, but because it grows slower, it gives more time for those, uh, uh, those nutrients to concentrate and develop. I thought that was an interesting, because it's fertilized less, organic produce grows slower which concentrates their components when plants mature. That's a really crafty way to say you're not going to get as much. <laughs> so what's going on? This is Valley Table, Vermont, I should know. That is a highly debated, and there's a lot of studies on, I don't know if I would, I'm going to jump on, and I couldn't say, yeah, man, organic food is definitely more nutritious than conventionally farmed food. I, don't, I can't. I don't know. I don't fully agree with it. The plant Definitely doesn't. The plant, the plant straight up doesn't know the difference. Well, come on, hang on, dude. You got to admit, a great organically grown strawberry tastes amazing. See, and but it, also, have you ever had a great organically grown, or uh, sorry, a great hydroponically grown yeah, strawberry? And that's yeah, you're and they're right. fucking they're amazing good. too. So like, <laughs> like it's it, that is much more yeah. about the variety than anything else. But like, I you see it all the time. You can and for strawberries specifically are really. Good example of this you can grow hybrids gardening with organics you can grow hybrids right. gardening with yep. synthetics it takes a little bit more uh know-how and attention to do it with synthetics but either way it is possible to do it because the plant doesn't know the difference um as long as you're giving it everything that it needs it is able to express itself to its genetic potential so like it really is uh, more of a phil philosophical thing for people uh, right. growing organically or synthetically be like they organic people definitely uh, and in maybe not in practice of how they're like actually doing things, but in their mind, they're doing things in a much more environmentally sound way that is uh, better for the world than using or perpetuating the whole uh, salt bomb sure. military sure. industrial complex for fertilizer and stuff like that when you can do right. it the way nature intended a long time ago. Just, but at the same time, that can't feed everyone that there is on the world right, right now, let alone how many people are going to be here in 20 years. So like they, there has to be a balance between the two. Yeah. And like, just, it'll get found eventually. Be, just be careful about being eco-conscious. So that you know, so you're by the result of you being eco-conscious is you buying bat guano mined by a kid in a cave in Peru and shipped over. You know what I mean? Like that might not be so. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. That's not good. Not good. You yeah. know. Anyway, I think this was our last thing. Is we talk about drying and curing, and if we don't do that right, the quality of our cannabis goes to shit. Right. <laughs> So right. this, this says post-harvest handling harms nutrition. Simply put, the most nutritious food is the freshest. And think about it, if our terpenes can volatize off, and that's what we're really looking for as far as medicine goes, then nutrients, I guess, can die off if, you know, in shipping, if something's been sitting around too long, if it no, so, hasn't been processed, so what, right? What this is saying is that, think about like tomatoes, they get harvested green, they aren't right. fresh, they're not ready or ripe or, or anything, they get ripened there, right. and then how long does it sit around? Stuff that, if it were picked ripe and then shipped... It would be rotten uh, the first yeah. or second day at the grocery store or before you, you were able to use it when you got it home. So it's saying that there would be a lot more uh, food losses that way and that you're losing out on the nutrition of that really good fresh stuff because the distribution system for food around the world is actually a lot more inefficient than people think it is. Like 40% of food goes to waste. Yeah, that's the truth. Or, or not to waste, to compost, hopefully. I, I was going to say, I tell myself that. Like, I'm like, ah, this fruit, okay, it's just going to be composted now. That's what nature intended for it, you know? See, that's why I have a worm bin for any type of, uh, like, food scraps right. that uh, doesn't have seeds. And then I have compost bins for other things. And I got bokashi bins for shit that you can't compost. So, like, as far as trash, you can cut down a lot on the amount of trash, as like, you personally put out into that system. So... Now you know. Good tip. Eco, Eco tip. guru, man. All right, we got also, the also uh, throw it out there. I grow, yeah. I grow with Canna, so. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Point well taken. Uh, By the way, Guru, I was complimenting you on, I don't know if we were on a break or not, but I ground that weed up. You're, you're homegrown, sir. Thank you. It's pretty fucking frosty. I mean, great looking weed. It's pretty frosty. It still needs to cure up good. Guess what? Uh, that's literally zero cure on it. Like I, I trimmed that last night. Yeah. I don't care what it's what it tastes like, all right? It <laughs> uh, looked good. I'll tell it you. Got me high. It, it tastes pretty good, too, for having no uh, cure on it. No, it did have great flavor. That's why I used a Volcano. So one time I can taste it. Don't forget, guys, DGCCup.com. Come and hang. Come and hang. Come and judge. Uh, this uh, July 30th, we have memes coming up here. And best of social media, what do you have to make us laugh, Scotty? I've got a couple things to make you think. Nothing to make you laugh. Oh, I'm sorry. The memes. The memes. Sorry. The yes. best of social media just had me scratching my head today. <laughs> I love uh, Jack Nicholson. I was watching him in shit. Some movie I had never seen yesterday, man. He was uh, he was a psychopath in it. I uh, here's your problem, and it's Jack looking through the door. This is by Sunflowers, by the way. He's peeking his psychotic head in. You got a light leak shining through. <laughs> nice. He, he plays a, uh, like a, a psycho in it. Was, it. Is it was it The Departed? Was no, he like no. a mobster oh, no, psycho person? Old one. It's some super famous one. It's from the 70s. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah shining? No, no, not to shining. That's another good one. It's this one where it's like in a hotel. It's just locked in. It's like winter. I can't remember. <laughs> no worries. What are you talking about? Oh, messing with you. Come on, next. <laughs> Next, this is. Did we do this one already? The real fly high 89. Uh, all this room for DGC activities, and it's me and you as the step brothers. Hello, lady. When you use a wedding planner for the DGC cup, we're gonna <laughs> fuck shit up. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is awesome. That's oh, hand man. right there, right? Hand, hand, hand. I'll have to watch that movie. Been a minute, been a minute. I don't know. I just like this one. Dirtman Dano. Dutes, eh? Dutes. And this, Dutes. Is one of the, <laughs> this is one of those where the guy, this is actually Canadian cops, and he's looking back at a, a girl dressed like a mermaid. And the girl dressed like a mermaid is Grodots. And the cop is looking back, and his chick cop girlfriend is 14 organic dry amendments. And he's just looking over that Grodots way. Uh, a that's awesome on so many levels starting with the girl in the mermaid outfit awesomely weird every aspect of that is great the cop and his girlfriend and it's just it's just cool i guess they don't have to be girl partner if you uh yeah that's his, yeah i'm sorry uh, i know he's a girl and he's a friend and she seems to be pissed that he's looking at her how do i know i can't get in that cop's head <laughs> all right oh, one here, here dude's drunk drawer Back nice. to the future. That's <laughs> pretty classic. Just, I think everybody should represent and just show their junk drawers. I wonder how much weed is in mine. I should represent because mine's as bad as that for sure. I don't. I usually try and hint, like I'll hint for a while to the wife, like the junk drawer is looking pretty bad, you know, in hopes yeah. she'll, she'll go for it. But it doesn't usually work. Mine doesn't really open anymore. Right in front, dude. Solid gold rolling papers. All right. I got these as a gift, <laughs> and I just know one day I'm going to need them, all right? Fucking uh, need them. Till then. All right, let's do uh, the thinking, the social media to make me think. You got a cannabis vending machine? What is it like? How long until this is just what's happening? This is the marijuana <laughs> vending machine. Dude, a lot of different I think flavors it's already happening. I guess. I, I guess what I mean is... How long until it's the norm? Didn't they used to have these? They did. They were called automats back in the day. And they would just have food. And it would just, I think it would come out on like a conveyor. You took what you wanted. And they had like machines where you could just buy sandwiches and stuff. Wait, the vending machines in Asia have gotten ridiculous. They have ones that like it literally uh, makes a pizza for you inside of it. Uh, so it's not like it's a frozen pre-made pizza on the inside. It puts it all together nice. on the inside, cooks it, and then pops right. out the pizza for you. I think you got to talk about the one that dispenses underpants. They do have that. I know. It's creepy. I know uh, that that vending machine looks like the one in high school that I would just, if I didn't have change or something got stuck, you, you could get a good shake on it. Just right up top. 
eventually get something as long as it's something good though sometimes you get screwed get like black licorice or yeah know. most people don't it's know called karma that, and i to, most people don't know that those vending machines that they had at like high schools are easily hackable just by like hitting a certain combination of buttons that's the default and then you can change the prices of everything in the machine um so <laughs> I, yeah i've done that at, at the high school before we got it to just pop <laughs> out lots crazy. of stuff it was pretty cool <sighs> i got in trouble you hacked it what else you got uh, just this last one. I talk about okay, that's not nature. This is nature. I, I've always t- been told, oh, garter snakes. Oh, you don't have to worry about them. They're, they're harmless. Holy fucking! This is from I think Manitoba, maybe. But this is garter snakes coming out of hibernation. This is no. This is them mating. I've, I've, I've actually uh, run up on this in the woods in Virginia before. It is the weirdest, like uh, most uncanny noise that you'll hear of just like all the snakes rustling around together in a big pile it's pretty creepy but garter snakes are pretty cool yeah, like guru, basically harmless guru runs up he's like i knew it was sh- gonna be that kind of party they <laughs> like to shit on you or secrete some stinky ass crap when you handle them though pick them up you know what i'm saying i mean I that, that is. That's, that's a defense that's, mechanism that's literally any snake that's not used to getting picked up by people yeah they do that they go shot yeah. it i'll go pick up a bull snake and bring it in the studio you know what he I, proved I've that actually <laughs> fuck snakes man <laughs> it's in your dna to say up snakes for sure nothing likes the way like even everything knows your your, your dog sees a snake and it's like oh shit wait like, shit a anyway. cat a cat can literally see a cucumber and it will think it's a snake and freak out you think <laughs> i promise you throw throw a cucumber on the ground to your cat and it'll like jump away and run you think a snake could actually carry my dog away uh, yes. Probably, or yes. swallow him whole. Yeah, especially if you were in Florida where they <laughs> yeah. have the like boas that are. Yeah, in, I could see like little Tito, like you kind of run around inside the uh, boa, you know. Well, I want to I want to give thanks. I want to say what's up to the DDC producers making the show happen with these shout outs here. Hope everybody had a good time. Who made you laugh? Dugros.com forward slash support is where you can come on board with the DGC. I'm going to start off here and say what's up to Dank Diggler and Northern Maine Weed Gnome. Hey, Thank you very say, much. Senor Chivo. Now, Chivo is ramp, goat. I don't know. It's one of those two, man. And Dr. Phil Gord. Dr. Phil Gord. Oh, good. Dr. Phil Gord. Oh, good. fucking game. Remember? Dr. Phil Gord. Huh. That was okay, a good song. That. That's pretty good. He's the one to call Dr. Phil Gord. He's the one to make feel good. That was Guru talks about that. It's just like the whole 80s hair thing just doesn't register for him, man. It's like a do not compute kind of thing. I'm going to give it up here to Sticky Stack and Duke Nudum. Duke Nudum. Nudum? Okay. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I got the real Hi-Fi 89. What's up, brother? Keep smoking those uh, those King Palm leaves, man. And uh, <laughs> incorrigible cultivator. You're incorrigible, sir. Terp the burglar. How's it growing? Yeah. And super, con- <laughs> super conductor. Superconductor. Nice. Think they're in the music? (laughs) All right. Peace out, DGC. We come and match you with some Grow Talk. Catch you later. All right. Let's do it. Figure he's a dude. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss man's is to take a little break. 